Welcome to Beer and this week Murakami, uh, or maybe more specifically, I don't know if we've agreed, but um, Hard Boiled Wonderland and the End of the World, um, which is a book by the author uh, Haruki Murakami. Beer and is a podcast where we cover a style of beer each episode accompanied by a topic of choice. My name is Adrian and joined as always by Eric. Hello. Hello there, everyone. Good to be here. <laughs> um Beer and is basically an excuse for us to talk about beer whilst we catch up, but we should note this is definitely a discussion by beer non-experts and also probably non-experts of most of the topics that we also talk about. Um, Absolutely. Eric and I are mates from uni, currently live in different countries with myself in Melbourne, Eric in Singapore. So this has been a good excuse for us to catch up. So this week, Eric, what beers are we covering? Uh, This week... um... I decided that we should try and um, select a, a sour beer each. It'd be great to talk about um, um, the sour beer that I found. It was a, actually quite a exciting find for me this week. Actually, I oh. found it in a in a can and um, <laughs> found yeah, it in I, a can. I, I, I'm looking. Yeah, I found it in a can. <laughs> I, I first had it as had it on tap, and I didn't think that um, they would get it here in Singapore. But um, oh, you had to so import it. That, well, no, no. It was like I was at the uh, local coffee shop at my partner's coffee shop, and we we were just um having dinner, and I just wanted a recommendation, and I saw the um the the design of um the artwork on this can. I was like, oh, what's that? That looks intriguing. Mm. And then when the um the the hawker store guy told me about it, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Okay. Um, but for those out there, hawker store is a um a coffee shop. Um, where there are multiple, uh, I guess, food hawker stores where you can buy um, relatively cheap meals from. And they normally have one sort of standalone um, drinks place as well, accompanying these food eateries. So, yeah. Is it actually um, like, a, did it originate in Singapore or where did it? I, I think there is like some form of that 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 food hall, you know, even in, in Malaysia and uh, I'm sure okay. a few other Southeast Asian countries, I guess it's like your 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 your, your food truck, I guess. In, I was going to say food in court in the local your food, shopping yeah, or mall. Your food court. <laughs> yeah, essentially a, a lot more relaxed kind of food court, but uh, definitely a lot cheaper than you know than a lot of other other places. And um, yeah, it's 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 part of the the culture here in Singapore, and a lot of people do go there um, rather than eat at, at a, a fancy sort of um, mm. restaurant. So, um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, I found this beer. I'm quite excited to talk about it, actually. Mm. Okay, well, beer. before we get to that, yeah, um, that little tease, I think we'll start with some sour beer history, sour beer facts. Sour beer, do you know much about it? Sour beers, no. How's I only know that, gosh, I've no idea. I only know uh, the st- one of the styles, it's, it's known as a goze, right, or... How do you even that is a style. That? Yeah, goze. Goze, but there's other styles of sour beers? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different sour beers, but I guess what's the, like, what distinguishes it from a regular brew? I would assume that uh, it would have uh, more of one ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> that It ferments longer, is that right? Does it's it ferment Not longer? quite, it, but it is to do with the fermentation process. But, or do they add they add something to make it more sour? Is there a, no uh, no special? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So sour beer brewed with wild bacteria and yeast. So the bacteria is mainly the distinction between the brewing processes of this and other beers. Oh, 
is it like I, I I've got I've got Wikipedia up right now. So is it lactobacillus? Lact <sighs> lactobacillus. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> hey, that's in your cult. No wonder. Oh, okay. Hence the sour component. It converts sugar into lactic acid for lower, more acidic pH levels and can be found mm. in yogurt and other dairy products. So it's healthy. It's good for our gut then. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so that's what's responsible for giving it the signature sourness. <laughs> and apparently the advent of brewing and drinking beer can be traced back to 4000 BC with all beers essentially being sour when they were first created. And it's only the invention of more modern brewing methods that beer hasn't become sour because it can be refrigerated, I guess. Okay, so this is the original incarnation of beer, sour yeah. beers. But it was because it was, I guess, brewed using more wild and uncontrolled bacteria and yeast, whereas now we introduce very specific bacteria or yeast um, into yeah, the process yeah, yeah. in very controlled environments where it's 4000 BC. I imagine there was probably not a lot of <laughs> control in such processes. Yeah, what what's pasteurization, huh? You tell me. <laughs> no, I was just like, before the advent of um, things being pasteurized, right? I'm sure a lot of people died from, oh, right, right, from right. The, the first batches of sour beer. Mm. Anything else you want to know about it? Belgium, I guess, is probably a good country to note when it comes to sour beers. Oh, yeah, they do a lot of cherry cherry reds in there. I remember when we were in Belgium and then you had that cherry red ale. Mm. It was very... It's quite delicious. It was a very nice sour beer. Yeah, it was quite good. yeah. All right. Well, that was the the brief facts that I looked up on Wikipedia and other reputable <laughs> websites. So we should crack our beers and 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 Let's do it. and reveal. Have you? Oh, Ooh, that was a good one. So, what are you bringing for us today, Eric? So, mine comes from our neighbours in in New Zealand. Ah, all right. It's from Duncan's Brewery, Brewing, I should say. Hmm. This is a key lime and coconut pie ice cream ah. sour. I think I, I briefly mentioned to you this hmm. uh, over WhatsApp, and this is when I was at the um, the bar where I got it on tap. But yeah, this is the one in the can. Yeah. So I what know drew me brewery. to the can? You know, you know them. Uh, I know the label. The label. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what drew me to the can was this sort of like. They got a a, a a silver can, but the artwork is like in this um, really nice teal, and it's like a, a wacky sort of I don't know brain looking shrubs growing out from I, mean, I don't know what, but um, mm. I just thought it was a really nice contrast of colors and it was like really cool artwork as well. So I asked the guy at the coffee shop or at the hawker store, yeah, and he said, "Yeah, this is from New Zealand," and I was like, "It just yeah, it sort of just um, rejogged the memory from when I had it," and um, yeah, it's it's. It's very, very good. When, when we, did you first we, have it? I had it about a month ago. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so I stumbled across it again about a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. I had it waiting in the fridge ready for this podcast. Yeah, nice. What, what have you brought to the table? Uh, I have brought the Imperial Blueberry Sour, which is, they've labeled it from Pressed Club, but Ooh. it's a collaboration between Moondog, Three Ravens, Future Mountain, and Tallboy Moose, all from Preston, Victoria, Melbourne. Oh, oh my god, Victoria, gosh. Australia. Which are all, like, 
some of my favorite breweries, I guess because of proximity, um, but also because oh, they're very good. Quite a strong beer being Imperial. So it is, what is it, like 7.5% alcohol? Wow, yours is 7.5? Mm. Mine's only 5. Wow, yours is quite strong. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, I actually um, get emails from Tallboy Moose in Preston when they release mm. new stock. I don't know. I don't even remember ordering it, but I ordered this beer when they released it and then forgot to pick it up. And they called me like a couple of months later saying, are you coming by to pick up your beer? <laughs> um, I was like, oh shit. And good thing I did. Cause it's damn good. So I had four of them. This is my last one. Yeah. I cracked one over Christmas and steadily drinking. I shared one with my beer friend, Cam. Sorry. My other beer friend, Cam. <laughs> Your 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 beer friend of closer proximity. Yes, yes. So how is it? Give us a, give us a few tasting notes. Oh, okay. We're doing me. Yeah, we're going to do first. <laughs> well, blueberry sour is the <laughs> style, so it is very fruity, very red. Oh, nice color. I like it. I don't know. I'd call yeah. it cherry colored. Yeah, I mean it's sweet and sour, <laughs> but not <laughs> not in a um, succulent Chinese meal way. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best combination sweet and sour pork mm. Mm. Sweet sour chicken. what's um is there strong blueberry flavor to that beer i mean yeah yeah actually i just had another sip and yes it is but it is just like i don't know it's like really fruit forward oh, <laughs> I actually good. it's it's kind of weird it's like there's not much to describe it but it's just damn good it's fruity and sour <laughs> and it's actually not very carbonated, which I kind of like, especially in this kind of beer. That's the thing with sour beers, right? You don't, you actually don't want it to be so, so fizzy. Mm. You do want it to be um, lighter on the fizz. And it almost like cider-like. I don't know if that's a good way of putting it, but yeah. Some ciders are quite flat and, and I don't mind that. I, I think it's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely get some um, fizzy ciders, sours that... Depends, I guess. I don't know. I feel like, you know, we're, we're leaving summer in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, particularly carbonated beers just don't don't work when the sun goes <laughs> down. Um, so yeah, something yeah. like this you can still, like it's clearly a, a fruity beer, um, but you can still kind of drink it in colder months and it doesn't feel too odd. So I was going to say, um, what are your thoughts on ice in sour beers? Mm, no. No, definitely not. Okay. No. I just wanted to bring that up. Some people are a bit a bit for that, I think. Um, um, but I don't know, maybe because it's so hot out in the coffee shops or the hawker stores here, mm. they would, yeah, they would yeah, have okay. ice with it or have it extra cold. Yeah, I just think it's like any kind of dilution of a beer seems weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like fair, fair. Cocktails, I don't know, standard to have ice in them. So, but yeah, I don't know, like any kind of dilution with ice and water and a beer just i've never tried it so maybe it's fine but i just think it's <laughs> strange <laughs> it's just i guess we're not we're like in australia it's not a it's not common thing to do you don't see people if a beer gets if a beer gets warm you down it quickly and you go get another <laughs> cold one right like you don't you don't you know people will say you know that's why maybe the invention of pots and schooners was so mm. You can always get a cold beer, finish it off, and get a colder beer. Don't don't nurse it for too long. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that might be just a cultural as well. 
It's more mm. common maybe in, in, in Southeast Asia. So the Dunkins that, I, that I'm drinking today, I think um, it was after watching a soccer game. It was quite hot that day as well. So this, it, the, the bar or, yeah, this, this bar that sells craft beers is, is right next to the soccer stadium. Mm. And um, it's, a, it's, a cool, it's a cool little um, um, establishment because it used to be an old traditional Chinese medicine herbal store. Hmm. And they've now repurposed it as a craft beer place. So it's still got all the um, intricate sort of tile work of the old traditional um, Chinese medicine acupuncture sort of um, um, shops or shop houses, hmm. I should say. And um, yeah, this place is, is one of my favorite places. For the place is called Druggists. <laughs> um, so sh- shout out to Druggists. But yeah. um, so I came across this um, this key lime and coconut pie ice cream sour the first thing i i noticed is that was super refreshing and it was like a vanilla sort of um base sour so strong vanilla notes but um also the hint of coconut there and it was just like oh my it was like yeah surprisingly refreshing so we just mm. maybe because it was so hot but like um yeah my partner and i were just like downing it like we finished it in like 10 minutes it was like so good yeah, right. we were just parched we were so parched was this after a game you watched we watched. Yeah. We did not play. We just okay. watched. <laughs> what was the stadium? Uh, Jalambasar Stadium is uh, one of the uh, stadiums in um, in Singapore. Not the national stadium, but one of the, okay. like, probably the second biggest stadium. Yeah, Used right. to be the national stadium, yeah. But, yeah, the yeah, man, really good. Um, so the, the sourness comes from the lime, the key lime. Mm. I guess the, uh, the sweetness comes from the coconut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So very good coconut and vanilla notes. Yeah, very mm. very nice mixed with that sour. Mm. Um, if you can get it, I'm sure you can get it in. Yeah, all- I'll have to have a look. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I know I recognise that label, so I'm pretty sure. I think. Um, You're Paige, I think Duncan's one thing- beer. Remember those old ads? Uh, come and have a drink with Duncan's. Yeah, that's the old ad. I think for um, our our listeners like. Well, only listener like Laz and Cam, perhaps. I think we should put in our show notes um the beer that, beers that we've reviewed, and also maybe just write a a little description of oh, what yeah. we thought of it and give it a rating as well. So then, um, people who want to sort of um look out for these beers, they can look them up and and mm. and try for themselves, I guess, and see if they agree with us or disagree, mm. and um. then maybe we can create a catalog of the beers we've reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a smart idea, Eric. Thanks, man. I'm full of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and full of other stuff, too. <laughs> um, my, friend, my friends call oh. me... Yeah, this is horrible. My friends call yeah. me a show bag. Some of my friends back home call me a show bag. Okay. Because usually I'm full of shit. I'm like, that's a that's really awful thing to say. <laughs> is that what you get in a show bag? Yeah, full of shit. <laughs> The Melbourne show bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is terrible. That's terrible, but you would agree? <laughs> no. Just You've got a half. specific brand half. of chaos that you come with, and it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Um, I've ruined my mentality throughout my teens. Yeah, damn. So what are some other sour beers that you've enjoyed or that you, um, that you would go to? That I'll go to and I would recommend. Mm. The other one that really um, wowed me was, I think, Anderson Valley. 
they do a, a briny melon sour. Hmm. So you get some of that um, that honeydew sour because um, they mainly use the the. I guess briny melons are sour melon. I guess so. You get that refreshing mm. sour melon taste as well. Wait, so very briny is in salty. Milk. Yeah, briny is in oh. salty. So like a salty melon sort of taste, and that's mm. really refreshing as well. I, I would say that was the other standout. I highly recommend. Yeah, that if if people can get their hands on the the briny melon, but um by Anderson Valley um brewing, I think they're American. Mm. Um, yeah, that was quite delicious. Yeah, yourself. What do I go to? Um, that they sell at Dan Murphy's in Australia. Um, mm. Brooklyn Bel Air Sour. Okay. That? I think it's another American. Yeah, it's oh, um, by Brooklyn Brewery. Hmm. It's um refreshing. It's kind of hoppy. Yeah, dry hop mm. sour ale. So it's not like as like fruity as a lot of other sours. I mean, it is fruity, but I don't know. The hops just kind of yeah, just mellowed out a little bit. So it's not quite as not quite as sweet as some others but yeah i Absolutely. could actually drink a few of them in a row <laughs> whereas like things like the pressed club that i've got here you definitely stick to one the thing is you know when you first when you first drink beer you drink your standard sort of lagers and then you you never as a when you start drinking beer you never think of beers being that sour you almost think like oh if i want to drink something fruit that that sour and fruity i might as well just drink a cider mm. but it it's quite interesting the first time you have a beer that is is that sour you're like oh it is a different flavor profile because you're not getting correct me if i'm wrong or if you disagree but <laughs> you're not getting that 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 sweetness that that you would normally get from a a, a traditional sort of cider maybe like a summersby apple cider or something yeah because it's still like it's still a beer, um, yeah. So it still has that bitterness to it. It is interesting because yeah, my partner doesn't drink beer, um, and sometimes mm. you can like trick people into drinking beer by drinking sour beers. And she does drink ciders, um, but when I've tried to give her a, a sour beer, she's still like, "No, this is beer. I don't like it." <laughs> like she can tell. She, oh she yeah, knows yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't tried to trick her. Like, I told her it was a sour beer when I gave it to her. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, shouldn't shouldn't do that. But still, she um, well, she just doesn't like it and can tell that it's a beer. Quite impressed. Hmm. So a discerning palate. Yeah. So it is still like distinctly a beer, but I don't know. It's a lot of people's gateway drug to beer is drinking a sour. Um, yeah. you still have those beer like profile um it is yep, still yep. bitter it can have that hoppiness to it i guess as well but yeah it can be sweeter so it can be a bit easier to to get into pure pure bitterness mm, yeah um, which can be rough when you're 16 to 18 trying to get into beer and all you've got is bitter drafts or bitter bitters and not that we're condoning underage drinking. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, I meant 18 plus in Australia. Correct. Yeah. Very good age. We'll just, we'll just um, cut that bit out. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Post. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah, I think, you know, getting into beer with the cheap stuff that you're usually exposed to is actually quite difficult. I think, like, if I were to get into beer now, like, if mm. I was of legal age in Australia being 18, 
and having my first <laughs> legal beer. Um, Correct. I think like you've got a lot more opportunity to, I don't know, to try different things to, to wet your palate. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, how old are we now? 15 years ago. That was difficult. <laughs> um, but maybe it was just that like that was the only things that people typically purchased. Like I even worked at a bottle shop when I was 18 anyway, I guess, um, yeah. at the local Woolies. And you got cheap beers, right? Yeah, a, yeah. But like, yeah. But even still, like it was just variations of known brands. Like there just wasn't mm. craft beer in the fridges. So like your options were a variety of ready to drink mixes or variations of well-known beer, like Carlton Draft, Victoria Bitter. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like, you know, American beers, I guess, like Miller's. <laughs> Weirdly yeah, enough, yeah. Miller's. Did you ever drink that Miller's, um, the lime one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that was an entry to beer that a lot of a lot of people could, you know. Gold label, right? The gold label. Mm. But I think now, like, you've got options that aren't just, like, beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and like we were saying, um, Age, that that, that whole landscape with craft beers in the last five to ten years, it's just really exploded. And I I wonder if it's trending. I wonder if it's stick around, like like wine. And and, and I wonder if there will be an evolution of even craft beers or Hmm. is this as far as people would go? So... Um, it, it's good to see. It's, it's good to see these um, breweries just experimenting with so many different flavors. As well. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's what it's I really like about beer these days. It's just like, it's become like a, um, like people talk about it like, did we already say this? I think I already said this once. Like people talk about it like they talk about wine now. Like you yeah. can discuss beer in a way that people like would discuss wine. Um, yeah, of course. There's a certain like ritual to to tasting maybe it's not quite as i don't know <laughs> fancy um you're not gonna s- well <laughs> okay you never you never know though age like maybe in five ten years time when it really takes off and mm. then you're at a restaurant you might have a craft beer sommelier <laughs> you know and they'll be like oh how are you ma'am kind sir let me introduce you yeah yeah the, and they could ask the you you know tonight? What do you like? And they can make some recommendations. Yeah, yeah. pair it with the Pair-it meal. With like it, it's mm. gonna change. It's definitely gonna change, and it's yeah. it's kind of exciting. Exciting how that will evolve. Hmm. Ooh, actually, the other one I was gonna recommend. Have you had like Rodenbach, the Belgium brewery? Yeah, they do the cherry one. Yeah. Rodenbach does the cherry one. Yeah, I mean that's that, a that's... pretty classic sour beer. But yeah, the Grand Cru. Um, damn. <laughs> Damn delicious! Um, you, I make sure you recommend that one on the uh, on the um, show notes. That's a that's a that's delicious. That one. Okay, back. I'll set up a website. <laughs> yeah, not on our podcast show notes. On okay, podcast okay, show notes. notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> show notes if it ever comes. To- yeah, yeah. I think I first had a Rodan back um, at like a good beer week event. I went to this funny like um, it was beer, cheese, and opera. Yeah, cheese and opera. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Um, it was in a church in Richmond, and so they just had like this piano in the middle with an opera singer, and they would they would like bring around a beer, bring around a cheese, and then they would sing. Can you call it a song if it's opera? They would sing a song. Yep. They would do a performance. Performance. 
is probably yep. a better way of describing it. And then they bring out another beer and match it with another cheese. And so they work their way through. And yeah, it was like they had a Pilsner to start with, which was like a palate cleanser. Um, mm. And then most of them were, yeah, variations of Rodenbach. And yeah, like that was a really cool way to, <laughs> I don't know, learn about this beer. The Rodenbach. I'm just, it's got really good um, ratings online. The Rodenbach. Mm. I think you can get it here in Singapore as well. It's got 99 out of 100 ratings. Um, wow. What, the Grand Cru specifically? or Yeah, the Grand Cru specifically, I think. Yeah, the Grand Cru specifically. 6%. Mm. 6% alcohol. Flanders red brown beer. Yeah, right. that looks good. Yeah, I might go and. Um, mm. Won a lot of awards, age. A yeah, lot yeah. of awards. They've yeah. been around since 1821. Wow, that's crazy. Founded 1821. By, founded by the four Rodenbach brothers. That's awesome, man. Yeah, how about it? Good well, reco. Sorry? A good reco for, good reco. For, for someone who's starting to, wanting to delve into um, sour beers. Beard, Very good entry level beer. Cheese and or opera. Rodenback is a good match. <laughs> well, um, before we move on to our topic, I've got a little um, beer name game for you. All right. Do you want to play? Hit me. Yes, please. Um, so I've compiled a list of names of sour beers, and then I've also mixed it in with some names of other things. So you need to tell me if the name of the sour beer is real or... Mm, they're not fake because they do exist. So just say, is it beer or not beer? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the first one is called Miss Pinky. Is that a beer or is it not a beer? Um, that sounds like a beer to me, Miss Pinky. Okay. Correct. It's a beer by Boat Rocker from the peninsula, nice. down the peninsula in okay. Victoria. Nice, nice, Miss Pinky. Good. That's actually a really good intro beer if anyone needs one. You know, a good way to get into beer. These are all sour beers, by the way. <laughs> the next one, I may have mentioned in one way or other, I may have mentioned this, but Barn Me, Barn Me, Say That You Love Me. Yes, you've mentioned. This is what, yes. This is the one that you mm. you told me about when you first had it. Yeah, yeah this is definitely a Damn it. Um, I wrote it down and then I was like, oh, I think we've talked about this one before. <laughs> and then I kind of ruined it by prefacing it with anything. All right, how about... 77X42. Ooh. That sounds like a club. <laughs> is, it, is it beer or not beer? It's not beer. Mm. That is correct. Do you know what it is, though? Do you know what it's from? What is, what is it? <laughs> Do you recall the episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes to the candy expo and um, they have the Super Sour Ball on display? Wow, this is an old episode. Oh yeah, it's the um, it's the one where um, he <laughs> he he gets in trouble for like um, sexual harassment because he plucks the the um, Venus gummy off the the babysitter's butt when she leaves the car. Wow, you're really okay. testing my memory. I just like, <laughs> I haven't seen the I've Simpsons been, in so I've long. I've been rewatching the Simpsons. Um, right. Anyway, you know the the <laughs> Simpsons nerd. I can't remember his name actually. Um. um Millhouse. No, 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 no. The scientist guy. Oh, um, Ralph. 
No, no, no. He's an adult. Uh, anyway, he's like displaying this <laughs> super sour gummy ball. No, super sour ball at, at the candy convention. And he calls it 77X42. And Homer steals it. And then his face is like inverted. Oh, I see. I see. Anyway, that was the one. Um, nice. I like that. I like how you link the sourness to that, though. Mm. That. All right. How about toxic waste? Is it a beer or not a beer? Oh, toxic waste. I want to say that's a beer. I can Ooh. imagine that being a beer. Your first incorrect, Eric. Hey, hey. damn. Do you remember the, um, it was a sour candy, an alternative to Warheads? Yes, mm. I remember. Yeah. Because Warheads were so popular. They were dominating the sour mm. hard lolly market. Yeah, yeah. Hard candy market. I knew if I named it Warhead, you would get that. But toxic mm. waste. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. All right. How about into the forest I go? Yeah, that sounds like a um, a craft beer, <laughs> a craft sour beer. <laughs> you can sniff that one out from a mile. Am I yeah. right? No, you're right. Yeah, that's um, a beer by Hawkers. It's a raspberry, blueberry, mm. blackberry sour. All the berries. I've had that. Right? Is that um? Is that is the can uh, pink and purple, or is it the green and purple yellow one? Into the forest I go. Um, that's a good question. Um, I've had both. I've had both of them. Because they, they do do two-tone cans. Like they'll have a, yeah, it's pink on the top and then it's like blue and pink on the bottom. Yeah, I had that when I was back in Oz hmm. in January. That was that was very nice. That's I like, another. I prefer the other one. I prefer the the purple one. That's something. That's another one I recommend. Okay. <laughs> Into the Forest I Go by Reservoir Brewery Hawkers. <laughs> very good. How about Fuzzy Dance Explosion? Ooh. Could it either be a lolly or a craft beer? I'm going to say craft beer as well. Mm, okay, you got that. Bodrigi. Do you uh, know Bodrigi? Yeah, they do the um, Utropa, Utropia. Mm, Utopia. Power, right? yeah. Utopia, sorry. Mm. Yeah, from Abbotsford in Melbourne. Very good. I haven't had this they're, beer, they're but good. they're a good brewery in general. <laughs> yeah, they do some good stuff. The final one, clarity. Is that a beer or not a beer? That's um, that's one of my favorite John Mayer songs. Oh, oh no, that's gravity, not clarity. <laughs> <laughs> gravity. <laughs> uh, I want to say that is not a beer. Okay, you are correct. Um, <laughs> this is a very Adrian reference. Um, but what might mm. it be if it's not a beer? Um, I'll take any ballpark mention. <laughs> clarity is you coming to your senses about doing this podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, an, it's an album by Jimmy Eatworld. Oh. Hmm. Has that album got, I only know one Jimmy Eatworld song, Hear You Me? <laughs> oh, that's, that's the one. Is that because of, hang on, hang on. Do you know that because of the Ashton Kutcher film Butterfly Effect? No. Oh. I only know that because no, when I was 15, a, a girl burnt me a mixtape with that song on it. That's the only reason I know that song. She was into her, um, into those punk punk bands. Not that Jimmy, not that Jimmy Eat World, very punkish, but yeah. Okay. That's how I know that song. No, yeah, you that's know. so weird. Like normally people would just think of, 
um, the middle. What's the middle? Just like I said, I know one song. Oh, I know the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's quite popular too. I didn't um, know that was Jimmy Eat Well. Hmm. Okay, well, there no. you go. Uh, <laughs> a left the field reference for Adrian. Well, you're quite surprised by that. I feel quite pleased with myself. Yeah, there you go. No, I was very surprised actually. Yeah. Yeah. Can you um, me? Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go, everyone. A deep cut. Check out Jimmy Eat Well for all those um Gen. What are we? Are we Gen Xs? We Gen Ys? Are we millennials? What are I think we? We're millennials. We're millennials, or right? What's the new generation of young people called? <laughs> I don't know what the new one are called. Um, <laughs> yeah, people who were born during the last two decades of the twentieth century. Okay. Mm. Jimmy World is still around. They still make albums. They still make good music. Are they still performing? Yeah. Oh wow! Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them. <laughs> Oh, many bands They've got like to see. 10 albums now. I want to go. You know what I miss, man? I miss, um, not only do I miss going to shows and festivals, um, but I miss clubbing. No, I, I do not miss now. clubbing. I, don't, I, 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 know we're, <laughs> I know we're a little bit old, but I have not been clubbing for the last two years because of COVID, but oh, I wouldn't mind going clubbing right now and just having a night out, <sighs> drinking Red Bull with vodka. And... God, no. No, but like, don't don't you remember those club nights when you listen to like early two thousands indie sort of um, songs, and it's just like mm. it's quite fun. Yeah, and the Rochi, Sticky D floor, Sticky D floor at the Rochi with that. Um, what was that? Cheap draft. What was that? Um, pub we went to in London that was playing early noughties indie rock. Um, near it, it where that, my cousin lived yeah, in it Dalston. Had that, it had that back room. I'm going to say the Victorian, but every club is probably the, the Victorian. <laughs> Queen Victoria. Yeah, look, the I Queen think Victoria. I'd go to something like that, but clubbing in general, God, no. Depends what you define as a club. You mm. have all types of clubs. Yeah, that's true. Next time, next time I'm in Melbs, yeah, age, we'll go clubbing. We'll go, <laughs> to, we'll go to a place with early noughties kind of music with um, late nineties, early noughties. Mm. Why they call it the early noughties? Was it naughty about the... Early nineties, dude. What do you mean, noughties? Like the two thousands? Oh, like naught zero. Shit, naught as in zero. Mm. I was thinking early noughties, as in like being a bit naughty and, and, <laughs> and, and, and... <laughs> definitely not. And I was, I thought it was a play on early nineties. No, but no, no, that no, no, no. Doesn't make sense. Different you decade. And I weren't listening to early nineties music. Mm. That's like Boyz to Men and Michael Jackson, and yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Oh, what's wrong with me? I don't know. Sorry, I've just um just had a realization. What the early forties are? Mind okay. blown. Mind blown. Hmm. Um. All right. Well, you got um. Oh shit! I didn't count one, two, three, four, six out of seven. Right wow. in the quiz. Killed it. Congratulations. Too easy. I'll I add a musical abuse. cue to celebrate your success later. Maybe. Okay. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so our, our and topic, Eric, what are we talking about today? We're talking about um, Murakami. Mm. Uh, so his first name, I don't know how to pronounce it, is it Har- Har- Haruki? Haruki? Hmm. Haruki Murakami. So Is it just me and you that just call him Murakami? I'm sure that's not. By surname. I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, mm. I think he's like quite a, a big sort of rock star author yeah. in japan like um 
and I think to 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 people who have read his stuff, he's just like, yeah, I think I'm sure a lot of them call him Murakami. As soon as you say Murakami, like people he's, know who you're talking about. Yeah, adapted by his, from his stories that yeah, mm. I think people know him straight away. So um, yeah, I don't know how how we both got into him, but I I, I guess oh, I know I, how I got you. into him. How did you get in into his um, novels? You. Oh yeah, you got you got him through <laughs> me. Yeah, true, true, true. But I don't know how I actually got into him. I'm just trying to remember now. Um, maybe I um, was reading something, and then I think they referenced him. I'm not too sure. Okay. Um, but, like, some of his most popular books are, uh, I think, Kafka on the Shore. Yeah. Um, which is probably his, is probably his most well-known book. Um, Norwegian Wood, I think mm. you've you've read as well. Mm. I think they adapted that into a movie as well. Um, but I think there was something that I guess really, I guess, appealed to me about him was that he, the way he sort of writes his stories is this whole theme of sort of magical surrealism, and that was like definitely truly depicted in the book that that we're going to talk about today, which is. Um, mm. Hard-boiled um, Wonderland and and the end of the world. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just like the fact that he's also also narrating his own sort of um, thoughts and feelings of a situation as well. Every time he like the the way he writes is, and I don't know if it's the way the people translate his writing mm, from Japanese to English. And, well. and you know, we we will never know because you and I are both Japanese. Even though I did it in high school and failed, um, I did it to the end. Dismally, yeah, mm. <laughs> that was quite embarrassing. <laughs> but um, I just, I, I like the fact that he's always in his own head. Um, yeah, a lot of his cultural references, some I do, I do pick up on, but a lot of them is just beyond my generation as well. So I don't really can relate to that. But I definitely um, do enjoy his, his sort of like introspection of, of of situations and i also like the fact that um with hardboard wonderland oh yeah hardboard wonderland he was like um it was it was very creative it was, it was yeah. like jumping in between two different worlds and i don't know how much we should tell yeah that's true well because you might ruin Spoilers. i don't know in case mm. people want to read it as well but um yeah what what were your sort of first sort of um feelings about his his writing and, and, and what what made you enjoy it? Yeah, I think it was when we were traveling. I mean, it was when we were both overseas. We both, yeah, had our little two-year visa in the UK. And you lent me a book. I think it was while we were traveling. Maybe I'd read my book and you were carrying that, so I just grabbed it off you. But like, Nothing else to do? Do you want to talk to me? To do. Yeah, geez, no. <laughs> So um, how did you get into age? Oh, I was just so kind of sick of Eric. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, a way to not talk to Eric. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I, I didn't even I'd never heard of this author before, and yeah, like I guess what really in- intrigued me was just the fact that, especially in this book, like each chapter was seemingly unrelated and like wildly unrelated. And so it would alternate between two different stories per chapter. Sorry, every second chapter was going back to the same story, I guess. But yeah, yeah. So it was just like, and one of them was complete fantasy, and Absolutely. the other one was complete realism. But yeah. then they started to blend, and it was like 
but in really, really subtle ways. Um, mm. And then it was probably the more the realism story that blended into the fantasy, but it was just, it was just really, I don't know, intriguing. Like you sort of finish one chapter and you wanted to, you wanted to like know where that story was going, but you had to read another chapter. And then by the yeah, end of yeah, that yeah. chapter, you wanted to know where that one went, but you had to read the next chapter, which went back to the other story. There was just this constant like cliffhanger almost, but mm. each separate story was intriguing enough to read through the next chapter to get back to. I don't know if that's yeah, a yeah, good yeah, way yeah. of describing it, but I realized, and I don't know if it was just, I think it was in both stories, but I didn't even realize that I didn't know any of the characters' names and that they hadn't named anyone in the book, but you knew who they were talking about. They, like, he would describe them by the, their job title, right? Yeah. It wasn't, he didn't say their name, but he would describe them by their job title. Mm. So not to ruin it for everyone, but there's like a character called the Colonel mm. or a character called the Librarian. Yeah, you that's know, true. And the grandfather? The grandfather or something. Yeah. Like, they never, they never, it was just like the profession of, yeah, yeah. of the. Um, but I didn't even realize I didn't know anyone's name, and he never named anyone in the book. <laughs> I thought mm. that was, yeah, I thought that was really well done. I like the way you describe it, though. Like, with each chapter, it left you hungry for more, but in order to get more, you have to go through, you know, yeah. the next chapter in another world, right? Yeah. And that's just like, it was really cleverly done, and I don't think I have ever read a book like that. Mm. I just thought, that, oh, as a as a fiction, I thought that was quite clever. The other thing is, like, this book was written in. I was just looking it up um, before this podcast, and it was written in nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Quite old age. It's very very old, and even a lot of like um, the main character in the in the real world or the supposed real world, right? He mm. he was like a a data analyst. I mean, that was one of his jobs. Mm. But the way how how that's relevant to now as well, I think it's still transferable. Yeah, it still works. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not... crazy. And this is like in 1985, mm. man. It's like it's like yeah, wow. Yeah, because it's you... not. It doesn't. Well, I mean, I haven't read it in six years, but it didn't feel time stamped in the 80s. No, not yeah. at all. Not at all, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even actually but most it, of his books don't really feel time-stamped. Yeah. Mm, maybe that's not I, completely accurate. I would accurate. agree with that. Culture, the culture references, yeah, maybe mm, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was going to say, because like, yeah. like reading through Kafka on the shore, he had like a, a tape that had like mm. um, Prince's um, what, Big Red Car. Is that the song? I think so, yeah, yeah. I anyway, mean, and, like... And, and, but also the fact that it was a tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A cassette tape. Yeah. And even Norwegian Wood, though. Norwegian Wood is referencing um, a Beatles song, right? Yeah. Oh, Corvette. <laughs> Corvette, okay. I don't, I don't think Corvette. Car, that's the Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> Way off, I think. Sorry, a... little, little Red Corvette. <laughs> little Red Corvette, not Big Red Car. You're complete opposites in terms of... <laughs> the um, the prestige of the car, yeah, the yeah. size of the car. Yeah, yeah. You've only got the color right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think like yeah, you're right. Like it it could be now, it could be the eighties, mm. it could be the future. I don't know. Kind of like yeah. Although Norwegian would actually like he's very specifically referencing student strikes in like the seventies in Japan. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not, I I can't remember that well, but like it was a very specific event in time that mm. the that he was remembering of his life. I do always I, feel like whatever character Murakami is writing is just him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't I know it... <laughs> Murakami, and I've never like read an interview or seen him. Yeah, talk. But just every character that he writes does seem like an extension of him or yeah. a version of him. Since reading, so I, I borrowed um, Hardboard Wonderland a couple of weeks ago. And I've probably read about 150 pages again, but mm. I feel like his stories are now, if you read it again, coming from a male author who, mm. where Hardboard Wonderland was like nineteen mid 1980s, right? When he wrote Hardboard Wonderland. But even with. Um, some of his other books, I felt like some of his um, description of the women he fantasized about sleeping oh, yeah. with or had slept with, it almost comes across as a bit misogynistic now, oh, yeah. now in our day and age. It's it's kind of like, oh, that's very, um, the imagery is very... Fetishize women. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. Yeah. But yeah, he does, doesn't he? He... he, he but the way he he describes them is just like, yeah, it's very um very sexual, very um linguistically graphic. I don't know if that's a way to describe. Mm. Oh yeah, Dude, he, Kafka on the shore, mate. That's Kafka on the shore is another level, right? Like yeah. very. I mean, that's it's like, like a... it's weird because it's it's pedophilia. Like it's a yeah. underage boy sleeping with a fifty year old woman, like. But does he get away with it because he's right? Like it's in a novel. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't think he like. Well, look. I, the weird thing is, like, I don't like. He just he doesn't write it. He doesn't write it like there's a there's a victim when like clearly there is in that situation. Yeah. 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 If you. But but you, when you're reading, you don't feel like there's a victim, right? You just feel mm. like, oh, as a 15 year old boy, you would have these fantasies, right? Yeah. yeah. But 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 the reality of that situation is. Yeah. And then the um, the extent of his description of the encounter <laughs> is also quite extreme. <laughs> it's like, wow! It's like your description is so good. It's like this is before the invention of. It's like wow, mm. that's the only material some young boys would need. I'm just like, oh, good for the internet. <laughs> Before the advent of erotic thriller VHSs, <laughs> that'll have like... to be another topic for us, Eric. Beer and erotic thrillers. <laughs> that's your specialty. <laughs> that's my specialty. But um, yeah, it's weird though. Like, because you are telling. A story and like within the context of the story it always makes sense but like is that okay i don't know mm. and then it, it hasn't put me off like reading his mm. stuff because like it always seems in context but at the same time yeah. why is why is that there mm. like why did the character have to be 15 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about this recently, and maybe it's from a, a male's perspective as well, age, but 
reading Hardboard Wonderland again and, and, and a lot of his books, it is about a soul sort of um male protagonist trying to 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 navigate through life and, and maybe why his his writing appeals to me and maybe it was maybe during our travels mm. um, you know me moving out of home and things like that and mm. like he'll always describe his his male protagonists um either going home to prepare himself his own meal so he always talks <laughs> about cooking and making his own meal in like such monotonous detail but it's like yeah yeah it's so good but it's like oh yeah but that's what we do i mean that's yeah, what yeah. you should do when you're living on your own or he'll talk about him being mm. at a bar by himself mm. he'll talk about him going to try and meet women as a single male mm. in a as a young professional and maybe maybe he maybe i might be wrong maybe he does have a lot of like sort of um uh early sort of 20 30 30 something sort of male fans because you're always in your own kind of thoughts, but also you're you're just trying to navigate through life as well. Mm. And maybe it's, oh, I can relate to that that, yeah. that person. And I think that's why maybe his writing appeals to me as well. Yeah, look, yeah, he's definitely like writing from this perspective of just like a anybody. Like, yeah, and look, I I I think I was maybe focusing too much on a very specific aspect of his writing, but like in general, yeah, like I I do enjoy his work and um from what i've read yeah i find it really interesting just mm-hmm. in like the detail that he goes to of like yeah. just really yeah like day-to-day activities like making a meal and drinking a beer listening to music <laughs> like he just he describes it and like it's so unnecessary but it like it just adds to the the like the world that he builds um yeah like he'll describe the apartment that he lives in or he'll describe the the neighborhood and and like the cafe that he goes to um in like such great detail um that yeah, it like, yeah. he creates this like this world that this character lives in um yeah yeah and it's all very unimpressive yeah it's like it's an unimpressive cafe you're making <laughs> unimpressive food yeah and you're hanging out at a very lo- uh, a very unimpressive bar by yourself it's like mm. but why is it so immersive though why is it still because i had baked beans on toast for breakfast sorry not for breakfast for lunch um and it's like it's just things that you do to like (laughs) to to sustain yourself it's like yeah Yeah. i need to eat so i made this food (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Um, but then that 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 sort of fantasy side to it is is i guess what keeps hmm. what, what, what makes that character's life a little bit interesting and keeps us you know wanting more we're just living through through this character and it's mm. like, oh, I, I want to know more about this very ordinary guy. And <laughs> and know? I guess maybe you're right. Like it's the fact that it, it sticks with, like the story sticks with the character. Well, when it's like day-to-day life to when it's like the weird shit that ends up happening, like you're, yeah, yeah. you're with the character throughout. And so, yeah, like it is quite interesting. And yeah, I think like Hardball Wonderland was probably a very good introduction to yeah, this author. Murakami, um, yeah, yeah. Because, like, especially for the first half of the book, at least, like, when it's telling what seems to be two completely different stories, like, you are getting that realism and then you are getting that fantasy before they collide. Mm. I'm not sure what I read after that book of his, but it wasn't... Norwegian Kafka. Wood? Yeah, it was Norwegian Wood. Yeah. Norwegian Wood. And then Would... your mum also had 1Q84 yeah. on a bookshelf. 
Um, I went to borrow that. I went around to mum's for Mother's Day a couple of weeks mm-hmm. back and um, I think she'd given it to an op shop. <laughs> so I was very disappointed. Oh, no. Um, and that's where I found um, uh, Hardboard Wonderland. Was that an op oh, shop? There you go. No, I read, um, I read Norwegian Wood on my <laughs> Galaxy tablet whilst I was on the Camino. um in spain and yeah that was that was an interesting one because like going from like magical realism of hard boy wonderland to like complete reality based norwegian wood it was just like i kind of thought that that was the author's kind of um shtick was like some sort of fantasy and it kind of is but norwegian Mm. wood seems like an anomaly where there's nothing magical (laughs) Mm. Yeah, but it's still like he does write a lot about young, young sort of um, longing for yeah for, for love and things like that, right? Norwegian wins a love. Yeah, but it's also like a really depressive memory of mm. of a life. Like it's this guy reminiscing on his like lost love, and so like it's a really sad re- recounting of this character's relationship with this woman. He he loves doing that, doesn't he? He yeah. loves reminiscing as well. Like um, the other book where he loves um, reminiscing is um, what is it called? It's called I think Colorless. Is I it Colorless? Read that one. And his years of pilgrimage. Mm. I think he's very good at tra- creating stories about uh, a human being uh, stages of life, whether mm. it be coming of age as a young person. Um, there was these short stories called Men Without Women. So he'd go by, he'd tell a few short stories about men, you know, who are divorcees. And, and it's just about like constant relationships with a female at different stages in your life and quite fascinating. And um, yeah. I, I'm glad, I, I'm glad I got you. Yeah, look, I, I've, I've enjoyed everything yeah. I've read of his. Oh, I wanted to say like, which Bruce Willis movie is a bit of a... Uh, Segway. Fun fact, question for you. Which Bruce Willis movie was um, where, where, where the movie was inspired by Hard Boiled Land? The, it's actually the director's favorite book. Like 12 Monkeys? Nope. No. Okay. Bruce Willis movie. The Fifth Element. <laughs> <laughs> that was good sci fi for that book. Um, uh, no idea. Other actor was uh, Joseph. Gordon Levitt. Oh, Looper. Yeah, Looper. Really? Rian, Rian Johnson's favorite book. Ah, director of The Last Jedi. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, right. Fun fact there. Okay. So it was yeah, inspired by. No, a lot of the ideas came from um, Hardboard Wonderland. Oh. Okay. I'll have to rewatch it. Mm mm. Mm. I like that Good movie. Good one, huh? Mm. Yeah, Looper's not bad. Looper's yeah. not bad. 2012, 10 yeah. years old now. Mm. It's kind of like, um, you know, these days, if they made it, they would just like de-age an actor. Yeah, um, yeah. So it would be like the one actor and they'd de-age him. But like, and maybe they could have, oh, no, they probably couldn't have done it in 2012. But I really like how they manipulated Joseph Gordon-Levitt's face to look like he could be Bruce Willis. Yeah, that was done really well. Yeah. Huh? I was like, that was sick. Because, like, he doesn't look like himself in that movie, even when he's young. Mm. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's a good movie. I'll have to rewatch it. I'm pretty sure I've got it on the uh, Blu-ray yeah. behind me. 
Um, Did you say you got a Blu-ray behind you? Is that, I'm pretty is that sure I've a, got it on Blu-ray behind me, yeah. Is that still a viable technology? It is, <laughs> yeah. For me, anyway. <laughs> um, oh, nice, man. Do you have a favourite Murakami? Hardboard Wonderland's definitely up there. Mm, yeah. I like his um, short story, What I Talk About When I Talk About Running. I thought that was really good yeah, because a lot of the, look that up. his ideas is like it sort of plays with a a 20-something-year-old, a th- early 30-something-year-old. Mm. So those two books I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, Kafka, because it was just so wacky, I, I thought Kafka mm. on the short was really good as well. Um, yourself, you got a favourite? Yeah, I mean, Hardboard One Land probably would be, but I, I really like the Wind Up Bird Chronicles. Oh yes, um, is that the is that the the alternate sort of um, mm, no no that's another book is it alternate universe sort of book um, as well no look I mean it's been a little while since I've read it and I don't want to really spoil anything but like it's another one where like it just follows the character like trying to figure out what the F's going on with his life. But like, it starts with him just like looking for his wife's cat. And then it just like gets yeah really weird. And like, it goes into kind of like, if I understood it and remember it probably more accurately as a like, wait, mm. if I remember it correctly, like it goes into like some really weird comprehension of the world <laughs> topics. Like it, it's like a character that can't kind of tell reality from fantasy. I don't know. I just, I just really liked it. And then like, I love it when it, it starts so grounded in reality and yeah. then it gets so far from reality, but it does it in such a natural way. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how he plays with like, um, um, like obviously cats, mm. um, crows, rats. He likes yeah. using these animals over and over, especially cats. Right? He'll use these yep. animals again. And um, I don't know if you're a bit biased because I know you like cats, but um, you'll just use those animals over and over again. Yeah. And it's sometimes like, oh, I wonder if that's what really cats think. If they're smart, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just like, yeah. oh, maybe cats are smarter than we think they are. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Cats are smarter um, than we think they are. No, I think that's good age. I think like Murakami today very much suits the artwork on the beer I'm having today as well. Related. Back. Oh, thanks for doing that for me. I was going to ask, can you you come up with a beer and Murakami story? Yeah, Um, I was going to say, like, when I just traveled by myself, like, it was was good to just bring a book to the bar if you had nothing else to do and read. Um, Mm -hmm. So I definitely read a bit of Murakami while drinking beer in in Europe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, It was quite funny, like, how many, well, it wasn't that many, but there were occasions where just having that book in a cafe would like strike up a conversation with a random patron. Like people would see yeah. you reading Murakami and they'd be like, Oh, you're reading Murakami. So weird, right? Mm, I was like, like, it's just such a, like that popular. Yeah. Yeah. And you felt quite good, right? Age? You felt like, Ooh, Oh, yeah. I'm quite, it's like, I know my literature. Yeah, I know my literature. <laughs> I know what's trending. Mm. I think it not. happened to us in Prague at a cafe. Yeah. 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 Just such a, such a name. <laughs> Glad I got into him. Mm. I'll probably read a few, a few more. Yeah, there's more still a. Books. I still want to track down. I think it's 19Q4, or is it 1Q984? 1Q84, yeah, 1Q84. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'll have to go find it again now that mum's given it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that might that do it for this week. Hey, Eric? 
Yeah, yeah, that was good, man. I, mm. I think we really got into Murakami. Yeah, thanks for introducing me. All good. We'll have mm. to talk about another author. Another time, another time. Mm. Maybe Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk about him. You got me, you got me into him. Oh, really? Pretty... Oh, I didn't know you read yeah. much more. Uh, I think I read two of his. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I borrowed both of yours. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but no. mm. Okay, we'll save it. Mm. In the back so pocket. We'll, um, so next time we'll have to do, we'll do another beer. Have you got a style of beer in mind for next uh, time? No, I was actually just thinking, like, if we just do broad stroke styles of beer, we're going to run out. <laughs> That's true. Eventually. Just- just any beer, and then we can. T- we don't need to choose a particular style. You reckon? We we'll just. Well, no. I think maybe we can go through broad strokes of styles, but then we probably need to be also a little bit more specific with subgenres of styles. Like in sour beers, you could talk about gose specifically. Um, mm. So yeah, I think maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll start. We'll, we'll continue broad strokes for now, but we'll have to. Just so we don't run out of topics for our podcast, um, <laughs> talk about more specific subgenres of beers. Um, Sounds good, man. So I, I kind of like the idea of we haven't done IPAs yet, but I kind of want to talk about NEIPAs. Ooh. But maybe we should talk about IPAs first because I feel like we'll talk about IPAs to talk about NEIPAs. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So maybe we'll IPA. do an IPA. All right, sounds good. Mm, cool, All cool, right. cool. All right, as always. All right, until next time. Until next time, Eric. Thank you for listening to beer and mm. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Excellent work. <laughs> All right, bye.